In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was growing up, dinner time was an important part of the day. I come from a large family. My parents, my sister, four brothers, myself, there were eight of us. And like other families, there were certain dining practices we followed. Getting ready for dinner was a busy time, and we took turns doing certain tasks to prepare to eat. It was someone's job to set the table with the plates, napkins, and silverware. Someone else put the ice in the glasses and filled them with either water or iced tea, whatever it was for that evening. Mother was in the kitchen putting the final touches on the meal, and when it was almost time to eat, someone went throughout the house announcing, dinner time, dinner time, wash up, dinner time. We would all get to the table and sit in our favorite seat and wait. The last to arrive was my father, who had laid down just for a little while after getting off from work. Although it didn't take him a long time to arrive, at times it seemed like forever when you were at the table staring at all of that food and the smell would just tickle your nose. Knowing you were in for a treat because my mother was a very good cook. Daddy always sat at the head of the table, that was his place. And that chair always remained empty until Daddy arrived. Once he was situated, he would start with the blessing, and we would all chime in. After saying grace, platters of food and bowls of food were passed around, and the conversations would begin. Dinner time was not just about eating but it was also a time to hear about your day and what happened. Everyone talked and we listened, and oftentimes there was a lot of laughter. That's how it was in our household. Maybe this sounds familiar to the practices in your household as well. In today's gospel, we find there are certain dining practices and Jesus used those practices to teach about the kingdom of heaven. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. In those days, as it is today, there was a special place at the table for certain people, especially the guests of honor. Just like back then, it's the same today. People want to sit in the best seats, nearest the host, in the place of honor. We like those seats because the view is so much better. But the appeal is not just about the view. Sitting in the best seats boasts of your or one superior status to ordinary people. He told them a parable. Notice, Jesus' remarks are about kingdom issues 
and not advice about self-promotion. He says, do not sit down at the place of honor, but go and sit down at the lowest place. Jesus' advice not to sit in the uninvited, uninvited place of honor reiterates the teachings of Proverbs 25, 6 through 7. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the guests. For it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of the priest, of the princess. That makes good sense, doesn't it? Because assertiveness puts you at risk of embarrassment. Sadly, we have seen far too many occasions where assertive people have grabbed honors and hung on to them through thick and thin, and despite the consequences and harm it does to others. So assertiveness has rewards as well as risks. But let me be clear, Jesus is not telling us how to advance in the kingdom of this world, but how things work in the kingdom of God. Jesus continues the lesson saying, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the rule of life in the kingdom of God, completely opposite of the world's rules. Jesus helps to prepare us for life in God's kingdom by teaching and warning us of kingdom rules. Just as we would prepare for a lengthy stay in a foreign country by studying its laws, language, and practices, we also need to be prepared for the kingdom of God by learning and following God's rules. Certainly, the kingdom of God becomes a, ple a present reality and not just a future hope when we acknowledge God as king and we live by kingdom rules. Next, Jesus turns his attention to the host and gets right to the crux of the matter, and he tells him, you're inviting the wrong people to your affair. By including friends, family, and those who can advance your status, you are no better than these guests who are fighting over the best seats in the house. Jesus warns the host not to invite the favorites, friends, brothers, relatives, or rich neighbors, those he would enjoy the most, the ones he would be most comfortable around, but tells him to invite the least expected, the marginalized, ones whom he would not feel as comfortable, the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. The reason Jesus advises against inviting the favorite ones is because that group of people are in the position to repay. Jesus says, instead invite those you are not, who are not in your favorite group. You will be blessed because they cannot repay you 
for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Yes, you will be rewarded, blessed, repaid at a certain time. Jesus calls us to trust God to do what the marginalized cannot do, and that is to repay. And he promises that God will not forget, but will honor and repay at the resurrection of the, of the righteous. When considering the guest list, who to invite and who to exclude, understand Jesus is not teaching a lesson about etiquette, nor is it only about social occasions. This lesson is about actions to help shape our entire lives. It's about humility. Jesus said, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So what is humility, and why should it be a virtue of our life and actions? Oftentimes when people think about being humble, they think of a form of weakness. Or that being humble is about having a low opinion of yourself or thinking of yourself as being inferior to others. But that's not true. Humility is liberating because it frees you from being preoccupied with yourself. It's about self-awareness and truth in seeing ourselves the way God sees us. A humble person is not blinded by illusion or pretense to be something he is not. Humility allows us to be real with ourselves and not hide behind a facade pretending to be something we are not. Humility is the foundation of all other moral and ethical principles because it empowers us to see and judge correctly the way God sees. Humility points us in the right direction toward knowledge, honesty, strength, and dedication to give of ourselves to something greater than ourselves. It opens us to love freely, to give and serve others generously for the sake of others and not for ourselves. The Apostle Paul gives us the greatest model of humility as found in Jesus Christ. The scripture tells us, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above, that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Since, since Jesus practiced humility, why would we think we don't need to? The lesson is clear. 
God calls us to kingdom values and blesses us when we seek to please God rather than people. Jesus promises blessings not for the personal honors we receive, but for service to God and other people that we render. May we seek and pray to be more like Jesus. Yes, to become more like him. Let us pray. Make me like you, Lord. Make me like you. You are a servant. Make me one too. Lord, I'm willing to do what you must do. To make me like you, Lord. Change me. Mold me. Fill me with your spirit. Make me like you, Lord. Make me like you.